this important message for you. Uh, if people are still out there on Tinder, meeting up with strangers, taking them home and licking each other's anuses, stop it. It's un-Australian. It's not necessary. It's ridiculous. It must stop. Hello. Yeah, g'day. This is Senior Sergeant McClitoris. How are you, mate? <laughs> McClitoris, mate. I haven't spoken to you for years. Yeah, look, I'm, uh, I'm giving you a call in regards to... We've had some uh, concerning phone calls about you posing as a man today. <laughs> yeah, that'd be me. Yeah, look, I mean, it's not on. Uh, look, it's only a formal warning. It's not a, you know, it's just a slap across the wrist, basically. Yeah. But uh, we can't have you getting about thinking you're a bloke. Mate... I'm in that kind of state of mind where I don't give a fuck what you think, mate. Yeah, it's fair. Look, I've Think shot... about your surname for a, f- a fucking second. Hey, think it's about not about it. me, mate. It's about the people we're here to serve. I've uh, I've shot 16 people today because they've been out of <laughs> lockdown when they're not supposed to be. And, uh, Is look, that right? I, to be honest, mate, I don't need this headache at the end of a shift, you know, calling someone <laughs> like you and telling yeah. you to stop pretending to be a man. I mean, come on. Just be yourself, mate. Just be yourself. All I can say, mate, is I'm just out there trying to embrace what I've been given. And I've seen there's guys out there with dicks. There's also chicks out there with dicks. And I just want to make sure everyone feels comfortable to be who they feel they are. So if I'm pretending to be a man today and I'm pretending to be a lady tomorrow, hey, what's the damage? Look, you do you do make some good points, mate. So I'll uh, I'll leave it. I'll put it in the paperwork as a formal written warning to yourself, <laughs> and uh, we'll Fuck leave it there. <laughs> all right, mate. You have a you have all a good right. night. I'll catch you later. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. See you, mate. Oh, see you, officer. Thanks for that, mate. Sorry, Warren. Oh, does that mean you called him? Did it? Uh, no, he was just sitting in my car. I was like, what? I always knew you were an asshole. You fucking backstabbed ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of such things, um, I saw on Instagram this evening, uh, there's someone I follow called Isaac Butterfield, who's quite funny. I think I might have mentioned him on the podcast before, but he put okay. up a post about um, a little boy who, I think he's like 11 or 12 or something, and he... He wants to be a drag queen, so he's dressing up as a girl and okay. he's, he's doing his thing and dancing and putting on shows and stuff like that. And there's been a bit of an outcry to sort of say that's not on and all that kind of thing, and I just wondered what right. your thoughts were on such things. So how old was this little fella again? I think he was about 12, 12 or 13 maybe, actually. Maybe he was 13. So he's only, only a young kid, you know. But he but he's, he's definitely hasn't been swayed that way. Like, that's just definitely his own thing that he wants to do, you know. Well, look, I think that that's... I don't think that that's harmful to anyone. I think if he if that's the way he's feeling and he wants to express himself in that regard, then go for your life, mate. What about enjoy if he's, it? What about if he's going into like um, like you know venues where it's m- mostly adults watching the show? 
Well, that's probably where it starts to be a bit questionable. But yeah, I, I guess it depends on the contents of the show. Yeah, I haven't seen because the show. I, just where, saw, yeah. I literally saw a post on Instagram. I did Google it and read a little bit, but it wasn't really much there, and I was obviously in a rush to come out and make sure there's no, no, no policeman in my car. But um, That's it, yeah. yeah. Look, I know you normally commit yourself to watching quite a few drag shows online as much as possible, if not at, in at person. At least a dozen an hour. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just as a as a low average, um, but yeah, this one would have been very specific, and and it would have been hard to find, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I reckon it, they would need a chaperone, yeah, uh, and they yeah. would also need to make sure that the content is suitable as well, because I think you want people just celebrating it rather than leering and jeering and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. I, I hope that people who would see the shows normally would be able to appreciate the, the I don't know, the creativity, yeah, the, yeah. the principle behind it more than anything else. Yeah. But, again, yeah, I guess it, it is risky uh, territory. But then again, when you parade um, just in that leather jockstrap down the street, I'm always concerned people will look at you in a sexual way when I know you just more comfortable like that but and i know you're concerned but i mean you do encourage me by throwing buckets of glitter all over me while i'm sort of <laughs> jogging down the street yeah that's right but i'm here to encourage you mate i'm yeah. here to celebrate you but at the same time i just want you concerned. to feel free I'm, I'm just concerned that other people won't have that same intention in mind. They look at you and go, there's a hot bit of biscuit right there. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you haven't waxed your ass. Um, so, yeah, look, I just – I would hope that, that – yeah, I would trust people to to look after the, this uh, this young fella as uh, I would hope that people would also look after you. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you know, each their own. He's obviously knows what he wants to do, and I don't have any problem with that at all. I would have a problem if they were – if he was doing his thing in front of a bunch of adults yeah. and it was like an adult venue, if you know what I mean. Not, 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 yeah, yeah. Not just in front of adults. Not I just a theatre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if it was a drag queen venue nightclub slash bar thing, then I, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, 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 I suppose it draws a bit of a parallel with, um, the beauty pageant thing. How do you feel about those? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Is that because you lost that beauty pageant back in 95? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping you wouldn't remember that, but, um, look, it might have something to do with it, yeah. but no, I, I'm just not a fan of the, I mean, look, I don't know a lot about it either, so I'm going to put my hand up there and <laughs> completely admit it, but, um, it appears to me to be definitely making very adult uh, gestures and, I don't know, It's beauty pageants for adults look the same as that they are for the kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's they strut their stuff the same. They do the makeup the same. They almost wear very similar kind of outfits. And, yeah, it's a bit disturbing to me. And it is I a think- bit strange, but is it any different from, like, a little boy wanting to dress up as a cowboy? Well, in its own way, no. It depends how much you want to simplify it. But I think the problem is, the problem is a beauty pageant 
of that nature mm. being no doubt broadcast or seen by a lot more people than a kid dressing up as a cowboy or a, 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 somebody dressing up as a princess, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, is going to be out there for more people to see. And I guess the concern is there, as is the same with the little boy who likes being uh, a drag queen, is depends on the people that you're going to end up having watch it and, and what sort of ideas they get. And it's just, I guess it's distressing for me as a dad and, and everything to think that there are others that will view it in a non-innocent way. Yeah, true. That yeah. would be my concern. And I think that a beauty pageant puts itself out there a little more for that than yeah. other things that well, especially you know, because younger people can do. Especially because like sort of what you're saying is uh, they're – they lean towards these pageants. Lean towards a, the similar model to what the like Miss America go with, That's or, right, or Miss exactly. Universe, or whatever. You know, like it's it's a bit strange that they do the same sort of thing. Like I think if they had a talent show where, um, you know, they were playing piano or singing a song or doing a dance or whatever, I think that's one thing. But yeah, when they're sort of modelled on the same thing as like a, a Miss America, I find that a bit strange. Yeah, exactly, and I think. Uh, and I th- um, hopefully most people would agree, I think you celebrate children for their talents uh, regardless of their looks. Yeah. You know, you know who's perceived as good-looking or beautiful or whatever. I think if they can sing and dance and do magic and, um, I don't know, whatever else you can think of, yeah. whatever little skill that they've, they're really passionate about, then it should be celebrated full stop. I think that pairing it up with dolling them up is just odd. Yeah. That's why, like, with my seven-year-old, I say to her, darling, and it doesn't matter how ugly you are, you can sing. That's nice, you know? That's yeah. really I nice. Say, I say, look in the mirror. This isn't going to win a competition, is it? But that little voice, that little voice is going to melt some hearts. So. I'm glad that she doesn't clearly not listen to this podcast because, you know, <laughs> no. you know human knows no bounds, my friend. <laughs> no, she's a stunning little girl. All my girls are beautiful, obviously. Um, of course. In mate, other news, uh, happy birthday, Clint Eastwood. He turns 91 today. 91. 90 fucking one. Happy birthday, Mr. Clint. <laughs> and he's still, uh, he's still up and at him, he's still doing his thing. Um, no one knows what he's talking about, but he's he's up there doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, actually, actually I watched... he's a bit more breathless than that, isn't he? It's a bit less breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's slowly losing his breath. Is what's the what's going on there? But I watch, you know, Gran Torino. Yes. Obviously, there's the the English one that sort of came out that was similar-ish in style, or not style, yes. but in a story, which is uh, Harry Brown. Harry um, Brown. Yeah, and I watched that with the wife the other night. I've seen it before, and I thought she'd seen it before, but she hadn't. I, I turned out I actually watched it with my oldest daughter, but she, ah. the wife, loved it, and and yeah, I, it's been some years since I've seen it, and yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. It's a really, it's, it's a, a good, great fucking movie. Yeah, it's a good gritty drama, yeah. and you know, it's got everything you want in it, including. Michael Caine, I think Michael Caine's great. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I preferred it a lot more to Gran Torino. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I felt that it, it had a little bit more grit to it. Yeah, I mean, it's not apples for apples exactly, but it's. Uh, I don't it's know. It's not a show about apples, though, Luke. So Which is I don't a shame. Know why. It's a real shame because when they said <laughs> Harry Brown, I just saw a giant Granny Smith. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're thinking Michael Caine. 
meets Granny Smith. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And they fuck. <laughs> and they fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that'd be funny, actually. So you got Gran Serena, you got Harry Brown, you got Granny Smith. <laughs> That's a movie. It's like Nanny McPhee or Mary Poppins, but yeah. it's Granny Smith. Yeah, but yeah. a lot older, and she's got a 12 gauge shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Hobo with a shotgun meets Harry Brown meets Grant Torino meets Con the Fruiterer. That's a, that's a fucking yeah. movie right there, Warren. I, uh, reckon, I reckon she runs a small greengrocer's business in like a really bad, you know, the bad end of town. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she's always she's always done okay. You know, people seem to respect her. People seem to, to just let her run her show the way she wants to run it. One day... The big fucking crim comes past. He starts demanding, you know, protection money. Yeah, that's I, I like money. the sound of it. I think uh, we sent it off to the big wigs, and I think Harvey Weinstein would be all over that, like he would an Harvey aspiring, Weinstein. like an aspiring young actress. <laughs> <laughs> You've been prepping that one, haven't you, mate? <laughs> no, it just came to me then, actually. Oh, that's how spontaneous you are. Oh, I can um, be. I have my moments. I think maybe uh, now I've forgotten her name. All of a sudden. Jesus, it's just um, left me. Judy Dench. Judy Dench, yeah, as Granny Smith. Yeah, yeah as you Granny see Smith. <laughs> Judy, <laughs> Judy Dench, if you've never seen her before. That's right. Granny fucking Smith. <laughs> That's the title. She's going to get to the core of the matter. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, That's great, mate. I think, yeah. you've, uh, I think you've knocked that one on the head. You know, Harry Brown was actually... Um, well, could be classed as hoodie horror. Hoodie horror. Hoodie horror is actually a sub a subgenre of uh, of well of horror movie and thriller oh, okay. that has been popular now for you know probably the last ten to fifteen years um, in England, where there's this. Uh, I think there's been a lot of change throughout the the cities and suburbs in terms of the working class and um the kind of conditions that everyone's living in and the estates as you know (laughs) um there's been a real fear of of some of the younger people who have been come to be known as hoodies and so it's also worked its way into yeah the the film genres where interesting I don't know. Did, did you ever see one called Eden Lake? Oh, I was just going to ask: Is Eden Lake one of those then? A, a hoodie yes, horror? It is, because right? that's yep. the one that came to mind. Because it's the same sort of thing, but they're obviously running around a forest with a lake. That's right, exactly. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, they've just gone out there to have a nice. You know, they're just your regular folk, and then the people that come to target them and cause them a bit of uh, a mischief are, I guess, just down on their luck kids, really. Yeah, that are, are really twisted. And don't mind who they hurt, who they, you know, who they kill, who they stab. And I think that that's been both a common occurrence in England for a long time. But yeah, it's been a very popular thing because there's that fear of the unknown with what, what they're, um, able to do. Now, if you think about Harry Brown, there's that underpass. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Where the, the old people were scared to walk it, walk through it. That's right. So there's that, there's that, uh, Kind of hanging over their head, this yeah. knowledge of dangerous people nearby. They don't really—they're kind of faceless, um, and they're not like they're—they're bigwig criminals or anything. They're just dangerous gangs of kids. Yeah. Well, but no, yeah, I actually I quite like the genre. As yeah, a genre, me too. I like it. Actually, one of the um, one of the actors 
um, playing one of the punks in Harry Brown is actually in Eden Lake or Lake Eden, whatever it's called. Um, and they must just pick people. Well. They're like, yeah, you, mate, you look like a fucking scumbag. He's the one, but I don't know how familiar you are with the movie Harry Brown, but he was the one who gave like the one of the gang lords a bit of a blowjob in the car and then Harry Brown shot the gang lord guy. Uh, I'm saying gang lord, not gay lord. Gang lord, uh, yeah. <laughs> gang lord is kind of cool. Gang lord. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, he, and then Harry Brown basically sort of tortured this young punk in, in uh, one of the burnt out um Yeah, I remember apartments. that part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't Edgy remember. Stuff. I've only seen it the once, but I really, really liked it. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. I've, I'd forgotten how gritty it is. So, uh, yeah, no, you should go and watch it again, mate. That's it, mate. Well, speaking of movies and gritty, I want to hark back to our – uh, top 10 movies of all time. Yep. And uh, it's, it's some feedback that you had on uh, two of them, actually. <laughs> Got to pick a bit of a bone here with you, mate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, Gritty is Back to the Future, mate, through and through. It's a gritty movie. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, your, your assessment was it's a kid's movie. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's all well and good, and I respect your opinion. But what is Jurassic Park? It's a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good answer. It's a fucking safe answer. You you were you were um, singing Jurassic Park's praises, mate, and at not one point did you say it was a kid's movie. And I can shit you not that there is less swearing in Jurassic Park than there is in Back to the Future. Did anyone? It is much more the kids' movie. Did anyone die horribly in Back to the Future, Warren? <laughs> Uh, well, his dad did in the second one. Yeah, but we're not talking about the Biff. second one. We're talking about the first. I didn't say he the second one. I didn't Biff, say. Mate. I didn't say the second one is a kids movie. Well, if you think about it, the uh, <laughs> if you think about it, Biff is, uh, and this is not funny. Biff is uh, essentially sexually assaulting his mother in the car. Oh, it's just a, when, bit, of ho- just a bit of horseplay. When, yeah, <laughs> when George McFly <laughs> punches him out, he's, yeah, it's actually quite serious. And they're also discussing, you know, the implications of incest because his mum's got the hots for him That's true. and gives him yeah. a smooch. So I would say, I would say it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit edgy for a kids' movie. Does do you see any severed arms? <laughs> that is the only <laughs> thing that got it any kind of severe rating. Well, Samuel and the Jackson's and the guys and the guy sitting on the toilet arm. got eaten. Oh yeah, but that was pretty quick and painless, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's hair, uh, chest hair, was also in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I mean, that's an R rating right there. I suppose yeah. <laughs> you know that's no worse than the that's no better than the fly. I had a I had a feeling I'd be drawing a few lines in the sand with those comments, and uh, yeah, uh, lines, no, mate. You dug a pit and you jumped right in. Yeah, no problem. I like being in the pit of it. <laughs> nah, it's all good, mate. And what else? But I just figured as we were talking cinema, I should probably bring it up. I thought, was there another one, uh, another bone you wanted to stick in me or something? No, no, no. I just wanted to make the comparison between <laughs> oh, Back to okay. the Future and okay. Jurassic Park. Yeah, no, that no. It is, it is a good point, but um, uh, and I do see Jurassic Park as a and little bit... And what is Return of the Jedi if it is not essentially... Sort of a it's kids a, movie. a space opera. It's very sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> what I appreciate, mate, is that you do have a valid answer for each of those uh, crews. I'm not Jurassic a... Park works as a documentary, and, and Return of the Jedi is a space opera. You're not wrong. I'm not. I'm definitely not 
I hope this came across as pretty clear. I'm, I I actually really enjoyed Back to the Future. I really enjoyed, fuck off, mate. You've you've undone yourself now. You've I got really, nothing. I really enjoy watching it with children um, <laughs> to see the smiles on their faces. No, yeah, I do. I do like love it. But it's Return of the Jedi by yourself and yeah. Jurassic Park by yourself. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the differentiating thing is that I right. I can't. And I won't watch Back to the Future by myself. I wouldn't go, oh, I'll put Back to the Future on. It, it would always be any of the other nine movies on that list, for sure. No problem. <laughs> I never realised how little joy you have in your soul. Yeah, it's a very dark, dank, <laughs> really uh, horror-filled place, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. a rank little Harry Brown-esque kind of underpass. My... <laughs> full of fucking hoodie, hoodie-laden fucking pommy kids. My mind, my mind is similar, but there's a lot more tits and arse in there. No, I know that. Yeah, yeah, a lot more porn inside the brain, but the heart is just black. Yeah, black yeah. as Hades. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But uh, it's been a it's been a weird few weeks, obviously, because um, yes. you and I haven't actually sat down and done a podcast proper uh, for a number no. of episodes now. So it does feel a bit strange, and I have missed you, my friend. But um, well, but at I the same time, too, at the same time, you know, uh, I I I have to be honest and say I have enjoyed doing the podcast in a way, but at the same time, it's like an empty void there too. So I haven't, I haven't forced myself. Did you say it's, it's like, it's like an infected roid? <laughs> yeah, that's right. When you're right. there, it's like an yeah. infected roid, but when you're yeah. not there, it's just a gaping wound. <laughs> but clean at least. An anal lesion. Yeah. You're going to love them. Yeah, well, I love mate, I've got to say, I've I've learnt a lot in the last uh, in the last couple of episodes because I felt that the the follow up and you know the reviews of the the ten movies that we did end up choosing with our good mates Glenn and Coy, um was very enjoyable and it, it enabled us to get a bit of a personal perspective from you on each of those movies and also I did appreciate the trailers being shown like the uh, not shown listened to um, the original trailers and yes yeah, some of them are quite epic and long <laughs> yeah definitely but, but they're all really enjoyable because they're kind of um, they're a good example of the era that they were from yeah definitely and it really took me back as well to that era you know it really did. Yeah, it set it set the the mood, which yeah. I really liked. Actually, I was kind of looking forward to each one, okay. hearing what kind of trailer yeah there was for each one. I definitely really liked. Did that you enjoy part. me talking between them, or were you just there about were there for the trailers? Really, just the trailers, <laughs> and then just kind of curious how long it would be between each one, and just thinking, well, I can't wait to see what's next. Let's really. get back to the trailers, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. Yeah, that's I fair. know you've gone to that effort, um, but then also uh, last week was a bit of a, a bit of a different one too, because I know I sort of threw a spanner in the works late in the piece, but I felt that you carried that quite nicely, mate. And I've got to feel like you, you dug deep there, dug deep. We did get an introspective. Uh, episode from you but i really enjoyed it oh i appreciate that it was um not an easy one to do actually because uh, i think i mentioned this on the podcast that i i probably should have in a way i probably should have read the questions before no. i started recording but then no. on the other hand i sort of think well then it would have been edited and scripted and blah blah blah, and, I, and that's not what we're about. We're about just being as raw as possible. Uh, <laughs> no, I think. I, sorry. Oh yeah. So I was just going to say that it was. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was tricky for want of a better word, but um, but at the same time, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of um, cathartic in a way, <laughs> which is, might sound a bit weird, but yeah. 
No, no, I, I definitely got that impression, and I, I think well done for doing thanks, it because I think mate. it's it's hard to talk continuously anyway. Uh, just doing the, I think sometimes doing certain episodes or talking about something a little heavier, a little more serious or a little more grounded. We can be silly, you know, we can get lost in, in sort of trails of fantasy for ages, but, but when you, you get down to the serious stuff, it can be harder to kind of keep on track and, yeah. and, uh, feel comfortable with it. So I think you did well. So yeah, yeah, I just wanted to say, well done. Thanks, my man. Um, going back to on, going back to anal lesions. Do you know no, what? No, 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 no. Do you know what yes. they call uh, anal lesions abroad? <laughs> no, sounds like a travel company. <laughs> they call them the foreign lesion. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, this shit comes to me, man. It just comes to me. I need to write You're it gifted. down. I need to write You're it gifted. down. Um, Actually, I see you as someone who would have. Um, you know, in a certain era, I feel like you would have run away from home and joined the Legion. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. I probably yeah, would have I'd... been kicked out within the first few days um, because I would have probably ate, eaten all the rations and drank all the wine and stuff like that and then just shot up into the stars with my <laughs> rifle. So I would have, uh, would have, you know, galloped into the sunset on a camel at some point. But, um, yeah, no, for those few days, I think I would enjoy myself. I don't know why, and maybe I should do some research before I start talking about it, but no, I won't. Um, I feel like the French Foreign Legion was perhaps a, a little bit of a ragtag unit of, of different miscreants and misfits and um, know-well-to-dos and people that were ostracised from their own community and stuff like that, like a whole band of, of merry cutthroats. It was, but it was <laughs> also... I put it any other way? It was, but it was also uh, where when some people felt like this world wasn't for them, they would yeah. depart from it and go, okay, I'll join the Foreign Legion, which is why they call it the Foreign Legion, because it's made up of people from all over the world. Um, but I it's thought one it was of, because they always sent it to other countries. Uh, that too. But it's also it's also um, a highly decorated um, regiment. Uh, and they wear a lot of tinsel, do they? <laughs> yeah, but they also <laughs> are uh, um, highly trained, dedicated. Like the commitment level is well, some say it's beyond like the SAS and the Navy SEALs. Um, You've looked yeah. into this. That's I was actually closer to the point than I realised. Yeah, you no, no, it, it's actually, them. if you look it up on YouTube and stuff, there's some really fascinating docos about it, and uh, one of my cool. uh, one of my all-time favourite last stand battles um, is the Battle of Cameroon, um, where, yeah, just a handful of uh, foreign legions took on some foes, and um, they didn't do too well, uh, <laughs> but they there was about 12 <laughs> of them left or something against hundreds, right. and uh, it was against the... Um, the Mexicans, I think it was, and fucking Mexicans, yeah. They, uh, they, uh, they decided to just charge <laughs> twelve of them. Wow! Yeah, and the That'd captain. Be quite an inspiring thing to watch. I think it was the captain that actually survived the charge, and the um, the uh, opposing force decided to let him live because they thought he was so courageous that he charged out against insurmountable odds. Um, Very impressive. Now, we Do said, you know what the, the oh, greatest sorry? thing that it gave us? Sorry, just before we, we change subject, you know the greatest thing that the French Foreign Legion gave us? What? Legionnaire hats. <laughs> With the little flappy bit at the back to cover our necks from getting sunburnt. Yeah, now I used to wear one when I was a kid. Um, yeah, because we I, had to at school. Yeah, I thought they were fucking rocking, Warren. <laughs> but, <laughs> I thought that was shit. <laughs> as you know, I'm a gardener by trade. And yeah, is that right? My mate? whole family have said you should get a Legionnaire's hat because that will protect oh. your neck from the sun. Now, mm. it is important to protect ourselves from the sun. I. 
I understand that, but <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm going to sport a Legionnaire's hat. Now, uh, I like my hats, as you know, Warren. I like my yes, uh, Shackleton hat. I like my trilbies and fedoras and top hats and bowler hats and caps and, yes. and beanies and everything else. But, yeah. nah, a Legionnaire's hat is just not for me. Um, yeah, I, I tend to just wrap the skin of dead snakes around my neck. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty hardcore, <laughs> yeah. mate. Uh, now, like we haven't it. said who we are, so anyone listening to this podcast for the first time <laughs> be like, what the fuck are these people talking about? Uh, my name is Luke, and you are? I'm Big Vaz. And we are Flying the Wall Podcast. Thanks for we listening. Um, if you'd like to go over to iTunes and leave us a review, we'd be so pleased because we've only got two. We've only got two reviews there, which we, we're very grateful for. Thank oh, you very thank much. thank you for the two of them. Thank you. But, yeah, we, we, we could do with more, and if you feel inclined to, to help us out, that would be great because something to do with the algorithms means more people will be able to find us if you do so. So we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to email us, uh, it's thefly-on-the-wall-podcast-11 at gmail.com. You can send us anything you like. Uh, Warren, what's the uh, Twitter handle there, my friend? On Twitter, it's at flyonthewallpo one And on Instagram, it's flyonthewallpodcast with an underscore between each of those words. Perfectly said. Now we're going to go to a movie review that I've been I've been doing these horror movie reviews uh, each week, but I've missed the last few because only because of the uh, the style of the podcast we've been doing. Um, so this is uh, I think I did one last week though. Yeah, anything for Jackson. Um, did, this mate. this one is uh, one of our favourites, Warren. It's uh, the Hills Have Eyes. So I'll play that now. Excellent. It's sacrilegious, I know, as a horror fan, but I've never seen Wes Craven's original The Hills Have Eyes 1977. What I have seen is the 2006 version, and man, I fucking love it. The Hills Have Eyes, uh, 2006, directed by Alexandre Aja, French director and actor. Um, he also did uh, another favourite horror movie of mine called High Tension. That's a great movie. That's from early 2000s, I believe. More recently, he did um, he did Crawl. So Heels Have Eyes 2006, uh, starring Ted Levine. Does that name ring a bell, guys? Now, when I first saw this movie, um, which I'll talk about more in a minute because it was quite a moment in time when I saw that movie for the first time, but when I was watching it, I was looking at this guy and going, how do I know that guy? How do I know that voice? And I leaned over to Glenn, who's the biggest movie buff uh, amongst our little group of friends, and said, who's that? And he goes, that's Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. I was like, fuck yeah, it is. It places the lotion in the basket. It places the lotion in the basket. Put the fucking lotion in the fucking basket. Ah, Silence of the Lambs, great fucking movie. I need to watch that one again soon, I think. Um, okay, so The Hills of Eyes. So, yeah, 2006 it came out. Me and my mates, we went and saw it when it came out. And <sighs> have you had those moments when you've gone and seen a movie or you've seen a movie for the first time and it's just done something to you? It's affected you. It could be a, a great comedy and it's had you in stitches so hard that you've got stomach ache or you, you can't, your face is sore from smiling so hard or whatever. Or you've seen a, a top-notch action movie and you're on the edge of your seat the whole time and you're really, you know, uh, hoping the, the, the action star is going to win the day and save the girl and live happily ever after. Well, 
<laughs> when I watched this movie and all my mates were the same, we all had the same reaction. When we watched this movie, we were absolutely fucking horrified. Now, <laughs> I've said before when I've done this little segment uh, for the show that horror movies, they can be great, they can be terrible, or they can be so bad that they're kind of good. Um, <laughs> this one is just fucking great because some of the scenes are like almost too much, like to make you too uncomfortable to keep looking at the screen. The scene that I'm referring to the most, the one that stands out the most, is now. There's a. I won't spoil it for people that haven't seen it, but there's a scene in the car in a caravan, right? Like a streamlined caravan, an old school streamlined caravan that's been done up, and there's these mutant dudes that have gone into this caravan, and they assault the two women. In there, two young girls. One of them's probably only maybe early twenties. The other one's like sixteen. That whole scene, and it goes for quite a while. That whole scene is some of the most horrific, um, hard to watch moments on in cinema that I've ever ever come across. Anyway, sorry, I've jumped the gun a little bit. I haven't even given the synopsis. Uh, so The Hills of Eyes basically tells a story of a family that's um, got on a bit of a holiday. There's a mum, there's a dad, there's two daughters and a son, and there's also the son-in-law and his child, a little baby that he's had with, with one of the daughters. Um, and there's some tension between Ted Levine, who's a real, you know, your typical sort of... American Yahoo gun toting blokes bloke, you know, and then the the uh, the, the son in law is kind of your pen pushing Nancy boy, <laughs> I guess. Anyway, so they're on his holiday and they go and get some fuel. The movie starts off. They go and get some fuel, and the proprietor there, who's a bit of a low life um, to say the least, he sort of directs them on a shortcut. He goes, oh, you're going over there. Well, then you need to go through here. It'll be much quicker. It'll take hours off your trip and blah, blah, blah. So there's some debate, but then they end up going through that way. Little do they know that they've been set up for a bit of an ambush by these um, uh, radiation-affected uh, people who live in the mountains um, and like the deserts and the caves and stuff like that. Uh, it's got, it, it's making a real statement, I guess, about um, nuclear uh, power and the devastating effects it can have and also the, the, the fallout from such things. Um, uh, it shows, a, in the movie, it shows a town that was basically set up by the government um, where they would do nuclear testing and they didn't give a shit about the fallout affecting, you know, people that live in the general sort of area. So these uh, radiation-affected freaks, um, yeah, basically lay siege to this poor family and, yeah, uh, horrific doesn't describe it enough, in my, my opinion. It's... Um, it's horrendous. The stuff that goes on is absolutely nail-biting and horrendous. And I'll just say this. The uh, the Nancy boy, pen-pushing dude, son-in-law, um, yeah, he basically, he comes through. He comes through. So I'm not going to, I don't want to give the plot away too much, just in case you guys haven't seen it, because I don't want to take anything away from the effect it had on me for the first time seeing the movie and my mates um, because 
it's something to behold. If you haven't seen it, you really do need to go out and see it. I'd say it's probably my second favourite horror movie of all oh, of all time. I tell, it's got to be up in the top five for sure. The uh, the soundtrack's actually really cool. Um, every song is suitable for the scene. I especially love the track called Forbidden Zone. That's kind of like the staple song throughout the whole movie uh, by the artists Tom and Andy. Tom and Andy, all one word. They've also done work on like uh, Resident Evil. The Forbidden Zone track has got that, that real sort of... Um, drawn out almost like an alarming kind of yeah drone sort of sound just goes gong 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 <laughs> and then some nice well not nice music and some really cool music behind it one of the characters is called daisy she wears a red hoodie she's a very interesting character because she's on the antagonist's side she's part of that um radiated family <laughs> i suppose the mutant family um but she's very sweet she's very very different and i guess i guess what the film is trying to say is that like who's the freak is it the one who looks like the freak or is it the people that drop the bombs in the first place so The Hills Have Eyes, 2006, definitely worth a watch. I actually found it on, surprisingly, Disney Plus. It wasn't on Shudder, um, unfortunately, but yeah, Disney Plus had it, which I, which blew my mind. But um, yeah, fucking fantastic. I would give it 4.5 skulls out of 5. It's the Fly on the Wall motherfucking podcast. And we're back in. Um, now, I wanted to ask you, Warren, about bucket lists. Okay. Um, look, I like big ones. Big um, buckets, yep. Yeah, 20 litres plus is good because, of course, you know, it's just more capacity. Would you go um, plastic or like a galvanised steel or even an old-fashioned wooden bucket? I'd probably go the galvanised steel or the wooden bucket, but the galvanised steel has a certain something. You know, a, a galvanised pail, yeah, as yeah, I like yeah. to say, um, with a nice little timber handle. Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, nice. with that through there, and then I can use that for all sorts of tinkering. Wow, I've got a little tingle in my cock at the moment, actually. Yeah, about yeah, that. that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. You can stick it in my pail when I bring it over. Well, I mean, I've used your anus so much that it's it's as wide <laughs> as a bucket, isn't it? It's yeah. as open and ready <laughs> as a bucket. <laughs> a cum bucket, uh, if you will. Um, right. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm obviously, feeling, I'm feeling a bit ill now. <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly, but obviously, I'm referring to the bucket list that people make when they, you know, obviously we all know that we're going to die. This any sure thing we've got in life is death and taxes. That's uh, right. <laughs> so, yeah, do you have that internal list, or maybe you've written it down? Um, I don't. I don't put it in my inside myself, mate. If that's what you're asking, because <laughs> then I can't read it, can I? No, you don't roll up on it. Roll it up like on a, uh, a what do you call a it? Little a little scroll. He'll post a note, roll it up, and just insert it into the I anal know, lesion. If, if I was going to go to that effort, 
I would make it quite a grand papyrus scroll. Oh yeah, nice with a wax yeah, seal. laminated. A wax yeah, seal. Yeah, with, with a wax <laughs> with a waxen seal. With like, uh, I'd have a ring specially on that. That's what I've used to seal it as well. Oh, so yeah, people nice. go, it's like a good conversation starter. People go, hey, I haven't seen that ring before. Was what? Where'd you get that? I said, well, funny thing, I've got a scroll with a <laughs> list of things that I'd love to do, but the problem is it's inside myself, and I had to seal it first. And what do you know? I've Put it on this ring here, like some like some weird kind of time capsule inside yeah, yourself. That's right. <laughs> I say, well, obviously, one day I have to die, and one day they'll have to retrieve this yeah. from inside <laughs> the, me. Yeah. They'll see all the things that I wanted to do. The guy formally. doing the the guy doing the autopsy suddenly pulls out the scroll from your fucking buttocks. Yeah, it's like. Right. Oh wow! He wanted to skydive. <laughs> Fascinating. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if he forgot to do it. But no, because I had such a great idea about putting it inside myself, I forgot the whole list. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, actually, sorry, mate. I'll let you continue. Uh, yeah, that's basically. It. Do you do you have a list that you are slowly ticking off, or that you want to do, or anything like that? I wouldn't say it's particularly defined, no. I, I, I think that there are probably a handful of things that I occasionally go, oh, I would really love to do that. I would love that. Um, but it's not like a set thing. It's not something that I, I put up at, you know, in the front of my head all the time going, right, I've got to really push this week because I, I've got this to do before I die. <laughs> so so thinking um, thinking ahead, you know, you're on, you're on your deathbed, you're, you know, 51, 52 is there going to be any regrets though? You're going to be like, "Fuck! I wish I'd gone to Egypt." Lived a bit longer. Yeah. No, no. You know, I know how <laughs> Egypt is a big one for you. Do you wish you? Yeah. You know, um, is there going to be any regrets or anything like that if you don't tick these things off? Well, look, I'm not going to be able to get to Egypt now for a good five or plus years, but just because everyone else around the world won't be allowing the travel. Um, I, I think, no, no, I think only certain things will probably uh, actually bother me, and I think that that's more personal achievements and things rather okay. than just stuff like that yeah. I could do. I think that... Um, you know, making sure my, this is going to just, you know, this is completely against the principle of the whole thing that you're asking. But I think as long as my, my family's happy in what they're doing and I've raised them to to be confident, you know, friendly, warm people that go out and feel like they can achieve anything, yeah, um, then that's great. Like, you know, I think that I won't have any regrets from that from that perspective and i think on a personal front if i get a chance to do anything i'll be extra grateful but i don't think it'll be something that i really push to necessarily go right well i'm, I'm not going to be happy unless i do this this and this so what about what about things that maybe because obviously like you say we've we've gone to egypt maybe yeah maybe that's on the uh playing the long game there um yeah. i can probably get you a cheap ticket on a boat to india at the moment though if you're interested <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of borrow, um, becoming, you know, one of the French Foreign Legion, but I, they probably won't <laughs> yeah. accept me. Yeah. So I thought, <laughs> yeah, you could start um, your own French Foreign Legion in Australia somewhere. <laughs> You've got a great French accent, so you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they'll be swarming towards me to join, won't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think. Um, what was the question again? I lost track. Oh, so 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 uh, I didn't really finish the question. But is there anything m maybe more attainable that you 
would really like to do, you know, before you before you pass on. Like, uh, <laughs> like for example, uh, and this is what got me thinking about it because when I talked to my sister Nikki on episode yep. 107, I think it was, um, we were talking yep. about that, and she um, one of her things was to get a motorcycle license, and that's that's definitely on my list as well. Right. Well, I always wanted to do that, but I think um, I think <laughs> I would like to just travel around a bit. I'd like to see Australia a bit. Okay, um, yeah. and, and under my own steam sort of thing. I don't really want to fly everywhere. I really would like to trek around it um, by, you know, um, camper van or, or caravan yeah, nice. or whatever. Yeah, that'd be cool. And just, uh, yeah, and just see some little places here, there and everywhere and kind of go with the – Go with the, the the desire on the day. Just go right. I feel like going three hundred kilometres this way, and just zigzagging and crisscrossing and just finding out as you go, just and just do that for yeah. six months or whatever, and just enjoying it and just not having a plan, just literally just going with it. Yeah, going cool. with the flow. I'd really enjoy that, and I think, um, I guess, and, and you would know this one as well. I always just wanted to have a little bit of land somewhere where it's just out of the city and a bit rural and maybe a little bit of a bush but rural sort of mixture i'd love to play with just making uh, a house out of a cabin or mud brick mud brick is probably where i would end up just because of the way australia is but um yeah. yeah just just trying it out like making a little weekender shack or some little you know yeah, that'd abode be cool. yeah. to just tinker on. So it doesn't take up, you know, years of your life kind of fighting uh, to build a full house. Yeah. But you can go up there, you can camp, you can set it up, and then once you've got the main room done, you can start staying in there and just kind of doing it where it just takes a couple of years of weekends yeah. to, to get something that you're really happy with, really enjoy. It's got a little fire. Um, yeah, it's got all the essentials that you would want, but there's nothing fancy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I too. like that. I think that's. Yeah. I think that's nice. And I think my uh, my bucket list is probably uh, similarish. Where I, and, I, and it's interesting. As I was listening to you, I was thinking, yeah, I well, think, we should do it together, Luke. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think don't worry um, about anyone else. We'll just go traveling <laughs> together. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's interesting to me that as I get older, my yeah. bucket list kind of gets shorter, and it's not because <laughs> I've. <laughs> Not because I've All right, ticked. I've got a, one year less on my list. I'm going to get it. <laughs> yeah, that, and, it, that, and, it, that. And, it, and it's not because I've ticked off so many things, and you know, it's no. it's just more of a case of being content with where I am and what I am and who I am and blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's I don't know. It's like I'm not chasing the dream sort of thing really, which made me sounds a bit sad. <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean though. Like I, oh, I don't, just don't give a fuck anymore. Like I think to be honest, <laughs> yeah, I think to be honest, like. You and I recording our album years ago now. Um, yeah, that was a big tick for me because I really wanted to achieve something like that. Where, where, in whatever capacity is what it was, but recording an album like and having a you know a collection of our, our original songs and stuff like that. Love I always songs and dedications. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as a working yeah. title. Um, yeah, well, actually, I think it was called "Lovers in the Dusk." Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> sweaty. I think it was sweaty. Lovers in the dusk. Oh, that, that's yeah. right. What a beautiful album it was. Covered in cum. <laughs> <laughs> we took the, the Metallica idea with Load where they had an artwork that was blood and semen. We took that literally yeah. and we would come on every cover. Yeah, and ourselves. <laughs> Probably why we didn't sell many copies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you've uh, uh, yeah, put your finger on it there, Warren. Um, <laughs> 
Again. But I think I think my yeah my bucket list would be really um, definitely exploring more. So exploring Australia. Um, Yourself. I, <laughs> I knew you was going to say that. Yeah, exploring my yeah. internal nether regions. Um, yeah, a hell of a lot more. What's um, this to do? Exploring the use of forceps on myself, yeah. I think that could be fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's somebody's goal. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, so we shouldn't laugh at it. No, that's right. But, um, yeah, yeah and, and motorcycle license and a motorbike, that would be a dream. And uh, either owning or even just going for a drive in a Mustang would be, would be, a, would be heaven, a fastback. That'd be yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Um, That's fair yeah. enough, mate. But other than that, yeah. I mean, you know, like I've got. Um, I think I don't think it's on my bucket list, but I want want to do the tiny home living and be semi self sufficient. I don't think that's a bucket list item. I think that's just where I'm heading. Um, yeah. So I yeah. minor similar minor similar sort of uh, listed items to yours, except for probably the motorcycle one. It's something I've always had in the back of my mind. I wouldn't say I'm a motorcycle enthusiast at all. But I just love the idea of being on the open road without a care in the world and sort of slamming into a tree, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. You know what I mean? Just that that freedom. When you talk to um, motorcycle enthusiasts, like like our friend Keith and his dad. um, Of course. And and my dad used to ride a motorbike when he was when he was younger as well. And he said the freedom that just comes with it is just phenomenal, you know. So yeah, I I, I like the idea of that. It's a very romantic idea in, in a sense, you know. But I yeah, that's kind of uh, definitely on the list as well. But yeah, I was just curious that's to, good, to that's find out one. what yours might be. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think like you said, there's there's several that we would have that are fairly aligned, um, and that to see one or the other achieving it would be very gratifying anyway. Yeah. Like if, if you were suddenly, I mean, like you said, you're kind of heading down the path of a tiny home on a bit of land or whatever anyway. But I think when I see you achieve that, I think I'll be super chuffed and excited and, and just really happy to come and see you. Well, that's like, the I idea. The idea is to be somewhere where you can't find us, though. <laughs> you just write me a letter once a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No uh, return address, though. Just, yeah. just to make sure I never find you again. Penned in 100% uh, diarrhea as well. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. So just no normal shit either. No, 100% goopy <laughs> fucking oh. butt porridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least send me some more mail, dog. <laughs> it smells like <laughs> shit again. Hand out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved that the fucking mail service would still fucking send it. Yeah, sopping wet. Yeah. <laughs> they've just the only measures they've taken is that they get the postie to wear like a long glove yeah but they still make sure it gets to where it needs to go like those gloves that uh vets wear when they're inserting their arms <laughs> into cows you know yeah when they're getting a calf that's a that's perfect that's a rough fucking job isn't it well i don't know i guess it's a I mean it's a means it's an essential means to an end and I guess. I mean, when here I am thinking it's a rough job for the vet. What about the cow? Yeah, the, the cow's, cow's like, oh! oh! <laughs> 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 what, what, I'm, what I'm always curious about is, 
clearly cows have been doing this before humans started sticking their fucking arms <laughs> yeah, up inside them. That's right. So maybe they don't want the help. No, maybe they're just like, well, you fuck off. I'm quite good here. Well, I watched um, I watched a doco recently where it was about um, people living. Oh, in, did you indeed? People living in some forest <laughs> in in England. It's called right. it's called the forest actually. It's actually quite interesting, and the people okay. are all characters. And there's a young bloke there who's like 28, and he's he's raising cows. You know, he's got his own little uh, thing going on, his farm going on. He's got about a hundred yep. cows, and yeah, he had to call in the vet every like couple of months to see if they if his cows were pregnant, and he had to go through all the cows. This right. one vet had to go through all the cows to and, stick his arm up in them. Yeah, to, and go and like, yep, this one's pregnant. Oh, about two months. This one, yep. 16 oh, weeks, God. you know, and it's just <laughs> one after another. I'm like, fucking hell, what a job. <laughs> what a job. Imagine saying, how was your day, doll? Oh, you know, stuck my fucking arm up. A, a hundred cows today. <laughs> imagine. Imagine I'm, I'm actually feeling more for the wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah she, she, she's like, you're not real... finger bashing me tonight, Lionel. <laughs> a real kink, a real kink that, uh, that he has is is her sucking his fingers. Right? Oh, my God. And, <laughs> oh, my God. And so, so he's normally quite considerate and, like, he'll use his other arm, you know. Oh, so yeah, yeah. she always, he's like, sweet. you know, she's always like, is that, oh, <laughs> that's right, that's okay, that's the right arm. Anyway, then there's this one particular night, they're getting a bit excited, but they've had a bit to drink. And suddenly Lionel's like, he just does something that tells her immediately that, no, this is the this is the cow fucking up that you've just you've been sucking on for fucking 10, 15 minutes. He's got a little twinkle in his eye, just winks at her. <laughs> and he's oh like, my I God. But imagine, imagine, imagine when he is touching her, you know, her privates oh, and he's getting yeah. carried away. I wonder if she has to be like, Lionel, you know, it's just the fingers, and he's kind of like, oh, just maybe up to the wrist, up to the wrist, up to the wrist. Come on, oh, don't be a fucking tease. <laughs> oh god, I want to see if you're with calf. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, he's no. done it so much that it's become a kink. And obviously, I reckon, like when he's down the pub, he's down the local, the king's head. <laughs> And they're like, oh, how, that's how's, an unfortunate fucking name. <laughs> yeah, how's, uh, <laughs> how's work, Lionel? And he's like, I wonder if he like really tries to steer the conversation away. Yeah, yeah to, he talks it down. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, I had an ear infection on one poor calf the other day. And they're just sort of like looking at him over their beers and sort of chuckling and going, fuck off, Lionel. You're fisting cows all day long. The, the funny thing is Lionel I'm is I'm a about, doctor, I, damn you. I'm a doctor. I see Lionel as about sort of our age, late 30s maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, okay, yeah. But I see everyone else at the tavern at about 65. Yeah, they're all farmer pickle all, types, you know. Yeah, they're all bearded. They've all got like a bit of weathered sort of features. They've yeah, got flat yeah. caps on. Grizzled beards, um, yep. Yeah, they wear their gumboots everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you ever watch? Uh, did you ever watch Heartbeat? Yeah, yeah, remember, definitely. You remember green grass? I reckon they all look like oh, green grass. Green grass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Green grass, you bastard. Yeah. And then there was um, oh, something I remember from when I was quite young was all, what was it called? All Creatures Great and Small. Did you ever watch that? Oh, it rings a bell, actually. Because they were, they were a family of, like, veterinary surgeons. So they were oh, okay. always doing um, animals. And, but it was like a, it was almost like a, <laughs> it was like a soap opera, but it was also, like, you know, just the characters around the village and all yeah, that sort right, of stuff. Okay. So probably yep. quite similar to Heartbeat, really. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, but but I remember that sort of thing from that show as well, thinking, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Someone's got to do it, I suppose. Well, you know, talking about bucket lists, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, an arm up a cow. I wonder if anyone's got that on their bucket list. Oh, for sure. There'd be some weirdy, beardy fucking dude out there who's like right into fisting people and he's probably yeah, got so on the his ultimate. List. Yeah. Fisting oh, a giraffe. Geez. Oh, God. <laughs> or like a rhinoceros or something. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so he's looked into it and he knows what the, pardon the phrase, but the ins and outs are of of fisting certain animals. Yeah, um, yeah. Just yeah. because of, of the veterinary side of things, but he's obviously looking at it from the other side of things. So, yeah, he understands the best ones to actually go and <laughs> try and operate on. I reckon he taught, like, if you ask him about, oh, so that's a, I saw that was on your list, mate. Like, what's that about? And, like, I see Hippo is number one. <laughs> and he's all, like, he's kind of quiet. He's like, yeah, well, the thing is, mate, um, a hippo would need two arms. It would need two arms inside. <laughs> so that's the, uh, that's the Shangri-La, you know, that's the Shangri-La. <laughs> <laughs> so he he's not ashamed at all. No, no, no. He's quite open no. about it, but he's but he's uh, he's a little bit sort of like he doesn't advertise it. But if you if he gets you cornered at a at a like a cocktail party, he's going to oh, tell geez. you all about it. All right, about so it. if you even hint that you've got a slight curiosity about yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're in for a fucking he's like, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mate, mate, start small. Just get a canary or a budget. Start small, <laughs> all right? You slide your pinky in and you're away. You're a fucking away. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> fucking canary. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Uh, all right, mate. So on that note, we uh, – <laughs> now – we wrote, we we uh, did a bit, had a bit of a song night the other night, and we did. <laughs> we did. What a great segue! Yeah, we did. Um, uh, it's actually, um, oh, what's his name, Leonard Cohen's uh, yes. original song from 1984 called Hallelujah. But we've done um, Jeff Buckley's version, which he did in 1997. Uh, it's yep. on his album Grace. Now he changed the words <clears throat> a little bit in some of the verses, um, but yeah, we went with his probably more popular version, I'd say, um, than yes. Leonard Cohen's. But um, yeah, should we play that now, Big Waz? We should chuck it in there, mate. Now I've heard there was a secret call. David plays and please the Lord But you don't really like music, do you? It goes like this The fourth, the fifth The minor falls and the major rifts The baffled king composes Hallelujah 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 Faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw her bathing on the roof. Her beauty and the moonlight overthrew you. 
She tied you to the kitchen chair She broke your throne and cut your hair And from your lips she drew a hallelujah 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 Well, baby, I've been here before I've seen this room, I've walked this floor You know I used to live alone before I knew you And I've seen your flag on the marble arch And love is not a victory march It's a cold and broken hallelujah Hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah Well there was a time when you let me know What's really going on below But now you'll never show that to me, do you? But remember when I moved in you And the holy dove was moving too And every breath we took was hallelujah 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 Maybe there's a God above But all I really learned from love Is how to shoot somebody if they are true, yeah. And it's not a cry that you hear at night It's not somebody who saw the light It's a cold and broken drawn out Hallelujah Hallelujah Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah.
Fly on the Wall Podcast. Use my sexy English voice, you say? Okay. Are you bored? Are you fed up watching repeats on TV? Have you had enough of adverts when listening to the radio? Then why not listen to the Fly on the Wall Podcast? Two Australian blokes talking bollocks. Nothing unusual in that. You are listening to Fly on the Wall Podcast. It's episode 111, Warren. Oh, welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, 111's awesome. Happy 111th. Um, to you too. Yeah, so we're uh, we're really enjoying doing the music. Um, it's fun just to hang out and, and play some songs. Um, we haven't been in the um, uh, rehearsal studio with our other mates, uh, Keith and Glenn, for some time now, but we're itching to get back and do some of that. We've just uh, it's just been busy lives for all of us at the moment, but we're uh, yeah we're keen to get back to doing that. But doing the acoustic thing is kind of fun. We're mostly doing covers, <coughs> which is fun as well. And uh, we're taking requests, guys. So if you've got a song you'd like us to do, feel free to um, DM us on Instagram, email us, whatever you want, um, and request a song. Uh, we've done some ones that are a bit more. Well, Warren just seems to pick up the guitar and play it straight off the mark, no problem. But I oh. have definitely struggled with the vocals on Sound of Silence and that one just then, hallelujah. But, um, yeah. I think to... there's a bit more to be said for getting the vocals a certain way, mate. And I think you're doing a great job. So Thanks, mate. don't you worry too much. And honestly, just so people know, I find the guitar-y ones where it is a, a, essentially a pattern. <laughs> so it's it's the same thing and it's in a certain uh, you'll have a bit of the verse and then the chorus. Yeah, but then... you still nail it, like the first take, bang, just done. Well, I, I just, I guess that's what I want to say. I think that it's a fly on the wall podcast character trait, that there isn't a lot of uh, rehearsal put in. It's still very much, <laughs> no, I mean that both as a funny point, but also sincere. And it's sometimes good to grab those fresh moments yeah, without so. polishing it too much. And I think that it's great to sit there. We we literally find something that just feels good to play. And, of course, if we have a request, that gives us a focus anyway. But then we find, you know, the key that it's in or the, the, the cycle of chords that we have to play, a certain speed, tempo, um <clears throat> Luke will try the vocal and we go, yeah, it sounds pretty good, actually. Let's give it a go. And we just record it. Just go with it. Um, and then, yeah, Luke will come back and, and often work on the vocals a bit more, which I think is good because it makes sure that that final piece is, a, you know, all a, the better. On a side note, the vocals for Hallelujah, I actually did uh, in the Bunnings car park, a hardware store here in Australia. <clears throat> I just did it. I pulled up go. to get some paint and then I thought, I'll give those vocals a go. <laughs> and then it took That's me, I was, for you. I was there probably for about half an hour, just, you know, trying a few different things and blah, blah, blah. But then, yeah, I was yeah. literally sitting in my truck singing Hallelujah and making sure the other big fucking tradie blokes didn't see me doing it, mate. <laughs> you were sitting in the actual inside where you can drive through to get Zimmer, weren't you? So it was going yeah. through the fucking warehouse. Just serenading all the plumbers. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I think that 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 is the point uh, that I'm making too. I, I love that that's how you're making those recordings of the vocal. I think it's cool and I'm sure no one probably realises it, maybe thinking we're in a room or we've got a bit of quiet time in an evening, but it very it, it really is kind of off the cuff 
uh, and just in the moment. So yeah, the guitar fun. will be in, in Luke's lounge room. Um, <laughs> the kids are asleep and you're just playing it. And, yeah, and then the vocals are done like that, just the car park here, there, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. And I think it's great. Actually, the song we've got uh, for next week, we won't say what it is, but the song we've got lined no. up for next week that we've already done, um, I did the percussion work in the in the Bunnings car park as well by using a screwdriver on top Excellent. of a paint, a paint tin. Brilliant. So when you hear the in the song, ah, that's what it's it actually, is. Uh, yeah, screwdriver hitting the paint tin. There you go, people. You heard it first right here. Genius. I'm a fucking genius. (laughs) Um. Yeah, hopefully if you enjoy them and you enjoy hearing them and seeing what pops up from week to week, you want to be a part of it, definitely get in touch because, yeah, it's uh, it's becoming an enjoyable little side note that we get right into. And feel free to uh, challenge us with something that might be tricky for us as well. We, Even though it's been tricky, like it was hard to do the Hallelujah uh, vocals and the sound of silence in particular, but yeah, uh, there was yeah. something about the challenge that I found um, uh, in th- uh, what do you call it? Uh, thrilling, you know. Like I really, yeah. Uh, yeah, really quite enjoyed the challenge. So and and you know, if you want us to do some kind of uh, classical gas acoustic uh, solo <laughs> work, I'm sure Warren's up for the challenge yeah. of that as well. I was I was about <laughs> to say, I think Luke likes the challenge vocally, but I will still simplify even the most <laughs> complex piece of music as much as I fucking can. It always, I just sounds, make golden. Very, it always sounds golden. Very clear. <laughs> because, yeah, I think um, <laughs> I'm never going to do justice to the full piece without rehearsing it a lot, and I don't think that that's really what we're going for, nah, to be we're honest. Not, we're I not, think we're that we're just finding something that feels good and kind of gives a... A bit of an atmosphere similar to the piece, yeah. but it, it's still very much uh, a unique thing to us as That's well. It. So, but yeah, by all means, get in touch, let us know, suggest a way. We are all ears. So, as well as the uh, the horror movie uh, reviews I've been doing, um, I've Indeed. also been doing the good, the bad, the ugly, and the weird. Have you been enjoying those little segments, Warren? I have, mate. I have indeed. Yeah, and, I, uh, I like doing the little research for them and putting them together. I did enjoy your Cold War special uh, that you did. Commander Crab. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, Commander Crab. It was a good one. And it was one of those little stories where, yeah, maybe its influence can't be denied. But I didn't really know much about it. So, yeah, it was uh, was good to know a bit more, to learn a bit more about it. Did you end up looking him up? I haven't yet, no. Lazy fuck. Yeah, I know. But that's (laughs) that's how I roll. Spontaneous, mate, like Atari work. So I've got another good, bad, ugly, and weird uh, lined up for this evening. I focus on the good um, category tonight, but I'm also joined by a Big Wars, um, and he's got a he's got a good and a weird in there for me, Warren. I have. Well, it's the first time I've been invited onto this little segment of the show, and so the last. I thought it better. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah, yeah. You'll be you'll be after this. You will be saying no, no. I thought nah, I'll. Be I'll get in there with a bang and make sure I, I leave an imprint. So whether it's just today or it's an ongoing thing, you'll know I've been. And weird. Weird. 
Um, this is my little segment of the show where I talk about something that's good or bad or ugly and or weird. Now, on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about something that's good. I like, like most people, I like IMDb. I like jumping onto uh, that website and looking up things about certain movies, whether it's the um, trivia or the goofs or just what cast members are in it or who wrote it or whatever. I like all that kind of thing. And I also like the same thing um, for music. Now, I was just thinking just before I started this episode that I thought there should be, and maybe there is and I just don't know about it, but there should be a website called MDB, Music database or imdb no because that's the one that's already there internet movie but you know what i'm saying there should be some sort of i don't know what they're going to call it but there should be some sort of music database where you can go on there see who wrote the song see who what instruments were used in the song see any little interesting factoids or trivia about the song you know what i mean i reckon yeah i reckon that'd be cool and i'm onto something there i should bloody start that as my own website and make millions and squillions of dollars so I'm going to tell you a whole bunch of little factoids about songs. Um, the first one that I one of is probably my favourite one is about the song um, "Eve of Destruction." You know the song "On the Eve of Destruction." It was an anti-war song, um, sang by, uh, written and sang by Barry Maguire and released in 1965. <clears throat> Great song, love the song. If you don't know the song, I might play a bit for you now. Exploding, violence flaring, bullets loading. You're old enough to kill, but not for voting. You don't believe in war, but what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has bodies floating, but you tell me over and over and over again, my friend. Ah, you don't believe. Yeah, brilliant song. Now, legend has it that Barry Maguire walked into the studio. He had to have a song, another song for the album, and, and he was like, well, I don't know what, but he, he kept thinking and thinking, and as he walked into the studio, he happened to be eating a chicken sandwich. He sat in the studio, and suddenly an idea came to his mind. Uh, he was obviously frustrated about the Vietnam War and the situation in America at the time, and he put pen to paper. Now, he didn't have any paper at hand, so he just used the chicken sandwich wrapper, and he wrote the lyrics to Eve of Destruction on that wrapper. And then, legend continues, he went into the studio, into the recording bay, and recorded the song. One take, that was all he needed. And voila, you've got Eve of Destruction. Now, I think that is genius on many, many levels. One, he could just literally sit there and write a song, just like almost off the top of his head like that, and then go in and just sing it 
off the top of his head. He obviously had a bit of an idea for a melody and just went bang. And that song, I don't know what it what it got to in the charts, but it's such an iconic song, um, such an anti-war song, but it's also just one of those really cool rock and roll songs that have kind of stood the test of time. So I guess inspired by that story, I sort of thought, well, why not give you guys a whole bunch of other little factoids about other songs that you may not know? Did you know that Tainted Love is actually a cover song by a lady called Gloria Jones and it originally came out in 1964? The song Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses was written in a total of five minutes. Now, that's that's incredible. Um, Little Richard's Tutti Frutti is actually about anal sex. <laughs> Uh, uh, the song Summer of 69 by Brian Adams is about 69ing, as in the sexual acts. There you bloody go. Uh, serial killer Eileen Wernos was obsessed with Natalie Merchant's Carnival. The re- she requested they play it at her funeral, which they did. Um, Billy Joel's Only the Good Die Young is about a man trying to convince a Catholic girl to lose her virginity with him. So there's a lot of (laughs) sexy stuff going on. Um, The song Zombie by Cranberries. Remember that one? Zombie, zombie, zombie. Um, Is about terrorism in Northern Ireland. I think that was pretty much a um, uh, obvious one. Brick by Ben Folds 5 is also about abortion. She's a brick and I'm drowning slowly. Uh, Justin Timberlake's uh, Rock Your Body was written by Pharrell for Michael Jackson's final album. Ah, I didn't know that one. Sure, what else we got? Uh, Semi-Charmed Kind of Life is about, a, that's by Blur, is about a couple on a crystal meth binge. Wow, I didn't know that one either. That's kind of, yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, Red Red Wine by UB40 was originally recorded by Neil Diamond. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard his version. Um, Prince originally wrote uh, Sinead O'Connor's number one hit, Nothing Compares to You. Uh, go check out Chris Cornell's version as well if you haven't already. Brilliant. Kylie Minogue's <laughs> Can't Get You Out of My Head. Um, <laughs> just can't get you out of my head uh, was written for S Club 7 remember that band? they're a pile of shit uh, Aretha Franklin's Respect was written by Otis Redding um, what else we got? Ben by Michael Jackson um, is actually a song about his rats and was intended for Donny Osmond there you bloody go Billy Joel's Uptown Girl may actually be about his then time fling Elle McPherson Ooh, there you go. Uh, Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes is about his then-girlfriend, Rosanna Arquette. Um, oh, one of the Arquette sisters, well, oh, si- siblings. Um, what else we got? What else we got? Candle in the Wind was originally written about Marilyn Monroe, but rewritten for Princess Diana when she was killed and titled Goodbye, England's Rose. Um, Bob Marley's I Shot the Sheriff is about birth control. Bob Marley didn't want his girlfriend to take the birth control pills. The doctor who prescribed the pills was the sheriff. Ah, didn't know that one either. That's a good one. The song Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is not about an LSD trip. Uh, It's about a painting John Lennon's son drew for him. Oh, Oh, and Prince's song 1999 is about nuclear war. 
One extra bonus little factoid for you is that Kurt Cobain of Nirvana was homeless when he recorded their album Nevermind. The last song on the album, track 12, is something is called Something in the Way, and it's actually about his time living under a bridge. So there you go. Some interesting little factoids there for you guys. And now I believe B Was has got some uh, things for us. Hello. It's Big Was here from Fly on the Wall Podcast. One half of Fly on the Wall Podcast. And I'm here to talk to you about good, bad and ugly and perhaps even weird things. This is the first time I've been a part of this segment and I'm honoured. I'm humbled and I'm honoured by that possibility and that chance. Who knows if it ever happen again. So today I thought I would kick in there with a weird and a good one. Uh, and see how we go. I had some screenshots, basically, of... Uh, I'm a big fan of a site... Uh, not a site, of a page on Instagram where it is about historical things, all sorts of weird and wonderful historical things. So all true stuff. It's history cool kids. Um, and it's forever popping up, and I'm always interested by what it it uh, what it deals out there's always something a little bit different a little bit quirky um, a little bit personal you know a little bit something that you never realized about a, a well-known event or a well-known person so yeah I'm, I'm always uh, intrigued by whatever comes up this particular item is about toilets uh, I'm just going to read this post. So this is from History Cool Kids, so I just want to pay uh, respects to them. The first modern flushable toilet was invented in 1596 by Sir John Harrington, who installed one for his godmother, Queen Elizabeth I. His invention came complete with a water tank and a flush valve. However, the flush toilet wouldn't really take off for another 250 years. Most of the toilets in medieval Europe were either holes in the ground, communal outhouses, or chamber pots. If you were lucky and born into tremendous wealth, you would have the luxury of using a garde-robe, derived from the French word for wardrobe, which was a, uh, a small room built adjacent to the wall of a medieval castle. The toilet would be connected to a vertical shaft that would run all the way down to the ground. Garde-robes, which literally translates to guarding one's robes, originated from the practice of hanging clothes in the shaft as a way to kill fleas by using the ammonia in urine. Occasionally, some brave knights would conduct sneak attacks by entering the castle via the shaft connected to the garde-robe. Throughout history, there have been a number of famous people who have died on the toilet. Several of them were stabbed from below while in the process of defecating. Taking shit. These people include King Edmund II of England, the 30th of November 1016, obviously taking a big one, and copped a blade up the buttocks. Jérôme, Duke of Bohemia, 4th of November 1035, Godfrey the fourth, Duke of Lower Lorraine, uh, circa twenty sixth or twenty seventh of February, uh, ten seventy six, Wenceslaus the third of Bohemia. Uh, Bohemia seems a popular country to stab people in the arsehole. Fourth uh, of August thirteen oh six, and Yusugi Kenshin 
19th of April, 1578. So there you go. What a weird and wonderful little fact that is. And amazing that uh, even after some of those deaths on the Dunny, they didn't think of something a little more... Why wouldn't you put spikes all the way down the tunnel or something? I suppose they could just use a massive spear. What a horrible way to go. <laughs> I suppose at least you were cleared out. Anyway, uh, now on to the, the next thing, which is good. Uh, now, this is good for me. This is thrilling for me. And I'll tell you something interesting as well, that I, because there's like an add-on to this story that I had this morning. Now, a few weeks ago, I was walking outside to put the bins out. It was on a Sunday evening. Put the bins out for a Monday pickup. Now, it's a couple of minute job. You go take them, wheel them out to the street. You know, it takes you two or three minutes. Anyway, as I walked outside, walked down the path, I could see something high up in the sky. It was a very clear night, very cold. But yeah, no cloud cover. So you had a beautiful view of the stars and the moon was out and it was just really crisp. Um, and I could see an object over to my far left that was extremely high up, but it was moving at a very consistent high speed. Uh, not flashing or doing anything, not changing its its um, direction, didn't have any kind of other identifiable features. It was just one constant light and it looked very very high and I thought okay wow could this possibly be a satellite I've not seen one before um, and so I was not able to identify one so I was looking up when I got back inside because I watched this across the sky it went from the left side uh, right over to the far east and I watched it pretty much for those couple of minutes that it took to go right across thinking about it and marvelling over its amazing uh, character and um, then I googled uh, my good friend Google and I sat down and had a bit of a talk and it told me that uh, you know it was a fair thought that it was uh, a satellite because the the lights don't flash and it looks a lot higher it's a very consistent high speed um, and also, there was, amongst that Google search, uh, like an ISS tracker, so the International Space Station, a tracker which tells you where it is in, on the, you know, on, in the orbit of the Earth at any given point. Uh, and it did so happen to have just passed over the eastern part of Australia in that preceding 15, 20 minutes. And it had, and I think it was not a regular thing, I think, but over that week it was going to be passing over the suburbs of Melbourne. And, of course, I was incredibly excited. So I looked at where it would have been at when I was basically outside, and it worked out perfectly. So I saw the ISS passing overhead uh, for the first time ever, and I was incredibly excited. I'm a bit of a sci-fi nut. I'm a bit of a, a space fan. And I like that sort of stuff. I just like learning random things about what's going on outside of this earth. And yeah, I was deeply thrilled. Now, the add-on to that story, which is a good story, I think you'll agree, thank you very much, is um, this morning, I, was, I tend to get up quite early, and it was before the sun uh, was risen, the moon was still up, and I took a look at the moon before I headed off this morning, and believe it or not, folks... Believe it or fucking not, I saw another satellite and it passed very close to the moon. I sort of lost it because there was a little extra cloud cover this morning, but it was absolutely the same sort of 
um, appearing solid light. And I thought, oh, what do you know? Have I just developed a, a knack for spotting them? Or was it just sheer luck? I'm not sure. Uh, who knows? Don't know if it was the ISS. No idea. Uh, I didn't pay as much attention this time because, you know, finding satellites now is just my bag. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, it's too easy. Um, I don't know. But anyway, it was very exciting. And I wanted to share that with everybody. So now that you're all asleep and probably going to wake up as I finish. Thank you for your time and we'll get back to the podcast. Hey, this is Jermingus from Instagram and you're listening to the Fly on the Wall podcast with Luke and Big Waz. Check out Jermingus on Instagram for some free stickers at J-A-M-I-N-G-U-S underscore and don't stop listening to the Fly on the Wall podcast. Peace. We're back in. Uh, so on the break, uh, Big Waz and I were talking about the Aliens uh, franchise. Um, Aliens was on um, our top ten. It's Keith's favourite movie. Um, I've recently watched Alien and Aliens with my 13-year-old daughter, and she's loving it. And you were just telling me before, Warren, you've watched the first three movies, have you? <clears throat> have, yeah. I, I, as with you, I watched Aliens after it uh, came up in our ten. And I felt like after watching it, I was just, uh, I had a thirst for more. So, yeah, I went back and, and visited Alien 3 and the first one as well and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed them all. Nice. Well, um, I started, I, I, as a hashtag, I, I put on into Instagram Aliens, you know, or Aliens movie, whatever it was, and I came across a podcast uh, called uh, perfect organism podcast. Now, if you remember in Alien, the I think it was the Android guy uh, that said it's the perfect organism. So I thought it was a clever title for the uh, for the podcast. And I've only listened to the first episode so far, and it's really good. It's two mates who are huge fans of of aliens. Yeah, and they just <laughs> they just talk aliens. Um, the first episode was sort of. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but it was like sort of here, there, everywhere because I think it was basically them, like their their excitement for the whole franchise really just feeling it out, yeah. really emanated, you know, because they were just so like, oh, this and then that and then this and then, and their knowledge is is very well advanced. <laughs> I'll say right. that. Um, but yeah, so if you love. Um, the aliens movies and all, everything that comes with it, because um, they talk about the toys and stuff as well. Um, yeah, go check it out. So it's called Perfect Organism Podcast. Uh, another podcast I want to give a shout out to that I've been listening to lately while I've been working as well is Dark Histories. I think you'd dig this one a, a lot, Warren. <coughs> yeah. They're, they're generally about half an hour episodes. Sometimes they go a bit longer. And it will just be talking about some weird dark mystery or murder or some odd thing. And some of the ones that stand out to me are there was one about a girl, uh, I think her name was Om Seti, which is about basically the story was about reincarnation, about this little girl who was like three or four years old living in England and was just out of nowhere obsessed with Egypt 
and Egypt's history and all that kind of stuff. And her parents were always like, what are you talking about? And she'd be like, oh, this, this, this happened and this happened, bringing up all these things that they had no clue. And they were like, and she was too young to be at school, so they really didn't know where she was getting this information from. Then they ended up going to the, I think it was the London Museum where they had an exhibition on pharaohs and Egypt and all that kind of stuff. And right. the girl suddenly just came alive and just thought she was at home and started like talking to things and talking about things and um, relaying all this information about um, mummification and all this kind of stuff. And everyone was just like, what? And the, the parents just thought she was nuts. But, yeah, anyway, I won't ruin it, but the story... Sorry, what was that? As loving parents would. <laughs> yeah, it was all very strange. Now, I... I I'm not someone who wholeheartedly believes in reincarnation, but this story definitely raised a couple of eyebrows on my head and made me think, fuck, how, what, like, how could it not be real then when you got this little girl who knew so much? Like, like at one point they were talk, she was talking to archaeologists who had, I think it was, might have even uncovered Tutankhamun's, um, uh, tomb. And, uh, she was, telling them where to go inside the place when there had been no maps and no, no no one had mapped it out at all, but she knew room for room where to go. That's fucking strange. <laughs> that is that is really odd, isn't it? Yeah. Did they end up did they ever get any kind of interviews recorded or anything like that or uh not that I heard on the actual This is episode. all written. This yeah, all, right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So so go and check it out, Dark Histories. That's also where I first heard about Commander Crab as well, actually. Oh, okay, um, radio. Yeah, there's some really good ones on there. I think you'd enjoy it. And, is, <laughs> and again, I'm not, this isn't me being negative, but his voice is, imagine um, a deeper and more tired version of me, and that's what he sounds like. He's a bit more, and very English, and he's like... <laughs> Yeah, so and he like stabbed her, and then he was dead, you know. And and it, but it's actually kind of uh, kind of suits the the vibe of the podcast. It's actually really cool. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's uh, yeah, dark histories. Go check it out. Sounds um, fantastic. Final thoughts on tonight's show, Big Waz. Well, as you know, I've been very reluctant to have to go back to any kind of on the phone uh, situation because yeah, we, haven't we didn't even, do it for so long. We haven't even mentioned why we're doing this, but uh, people can probably no, gather up on it. <laughs> <laughs> they just thought well, they've been sick of seeing each other quite clearly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, we, we've had a bit of a spike in numbers in Melbourne. I realise it's probably very different to other places in the world, but this is how they've been dealing with it, uh, quick to, to lock us down. So, unfortunately, uh, that's what we're doing at the moment, and uh, it's very restricted. But I've got to say, it's still been nice to catch up with you, mate. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't feel like... It, it was lacking energy or anything. I think we were just right. happy to talk to each other for a bit. And, yeah, well, I'm still excited that we've got the song that's going to go on this episode, so it still feels like, you know, an element of us hanging out is there. Uh, and, yeah, I think it went well. Yeah, How me too. I, yeah, it's definitely, even though, you know, we're not, you're not in the hot seat next to me, but it's uh, definitely nice to have you back, brother, because I did miss you on those episodes. Like I said, I'm, I'm not the kind of person to be like, oh, fuck, well, I'll just do the podcast and I'll be really <laughs> melancholy. And, you know, I'm not that kind of person anyway. I was just like, all right, up and at him, the show must go on. But but I definitely felt a bit of a void, you know, and definitely uh, glad to have you back and talking to you and laughing with you. And, and because, you know what, like uh, <laughs> I – like we always say, we never script anything, 
and we uh, just start talking. I might have a couple of ideas that I want to talk about. You might have a couple of ideas. But then from that, suddenly it's anal lesions and fucking fisting cows. Fisting and, cows, yeah. <laughs> and fingering canaries. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's the standout for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's going to make the title of the episode. I uh, realise that. I realise that as soon as we started delving into it a little more. Uh, uh, yeah, so so that's the, that's the magic of That's the razzle and dazzle of the podcast, <laughs> Um, that's right, mate. That's the bring, sparkle of it all. You bring the razzle and I'll bring the dazzle. How about that? Go for it, Tiger. <laughs> yeah. I but love no, it. Uh, so I've thoroughly enjoyed the episode simply because I'm talking to you again, my friend. Oh, don't. Oh, Stop it already. Yeah. No, no, it's, been, it's nice to be back with you, brother. Yeah, nice it's been to be good. Back. Uh, so we'll be back next week with 112th episode. Um, yeah, it feels weird to be in the hundreds, but it's kind of it cool as well. There's a big body of work there now, so we've, feel free people we've to... We've them up, yeah. I mean, it's been it's going to be 12 episodes next week since we were doing our 100th special, yeah, which mad. It, it doesn't seem long ago that it was. Which but means it, what? It's been three months. Yeah, three months since that episode. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. So, yeah, feel free, people. There's a big body of work there. So, so traipse back um, and you make sure you strap on your boots, your Wellingtons, your gum boots, and your uh, your armpit length um, latex gloves. <laughs> and wade, Most importantly. Wade through the shit of <laughs> Flying the Wall podcast episodes that are out there. Um, yeah. It's just a lot more more of this stuff, me and Big Waz talking shit and having a laugh. So if you're into that, uh, by all means, yeah, have a look. That's it, people, and thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate each and every one of you. We'll see you next week. Be good to yourselves and be good to those those goats who sometimes have to cop a fucking arm up their fucking <laughs> vagina from some sick, <laughs> twisted veterinarian doctor. Veterinarian? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think it's uh, it's worth saying that uh, look after your cows as well because it sounds like they've copped a lot more than they ever should have in the past. All right, people? Take care. Toodles! Ooh.